0: This is Becoming Inclusive from the Kaleidoscope Group, where we're thinking differently about diversity, equity, and inclusion for more empowered people at work. We're committed to real change, and that begins with real conversations. Welcome in.
1: I'm Reggie Ponder, and welcome to another episode of Becoming Inclusive. I get the pleasure of talking to my friend Gary Alvarenga, he is the senior director of the Kaleidoscope Group. And Gary, hey, welcome, man. Appreciate you stopping by.
2: Yeah, thanks so much, Reggie. Always good to see you,
1: Reggie. You know, it's so funny because I call you up and I said, hey, Gary, I, I really want to get you on this podcast. And he was like, why? Because you, we have some really good discussions and And what I like about our discussions is that you don't pull any punches. You tell us what you're seeing in the marketplace. And I think that when we start talking about this thing about real talk, Mm -hmm. you're one of the people that I lean to for that real talk.
2: I appreciate that. man. I appreciate that. You know, unfortunately, I don't always say what's popular, but I do always say what's what's real to me. And, you know, I'm always trying to work towards getting to a better place collectively. So that's always
1: the goal. Yeah. And I and I and I know that for sure. So one of the things I wanted to talk about, Gary, is that uh, there's a lot happening in in diversity today. There's people hiring folks left and right. Uh, There is so much activity out there. But I'm not sure that all of that activity (coughs) is is good activity. So because you're out there in the marketplace, can you talk to me? What are you seeing? And I think you when we talked a little earlier, you're seeing some positive things happening right now.
2: Yeah it's interesting because I think the world as a whole there's just so much going on when you think about pandemic economy I mean just so much going on you know diversity is very much caught in kind of a world shift that's that's kind of taking place but I am I, I'm seeing in the diversity space I am seeing some positive things of course there's always challenges as well but there I'm seeing some some really some things that I think can really give us a lot of opportunity moving forward if we harness it properly. And that's that's where the struggle is going to be. Are we going to harness it properly?
1: Yep. And when, when you talk about opportunity, <laughs> what what is that specific that you're that you're saying? Are you seeing that at the at the so so we talk about this this journey. Sometimes the journey starts from a push from bottom up. Sometimes right. it starts from the middle. Sometimes yeah. it starts from the, the CEO. And in in, in many cases, um, I know that there's been a frustration with mental management because they want something to happen, but maybe.
2: Yeah. So, so what are you saying? Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I think one of the things that I've been in this now for quite a while, maybe like, you know, 20 years or so, and it's really changed quite a bit. Um, And one of the things I'm really seeing right now is just uh, the change in leadership and and where they are. We used to always say about heart and hands. Your heart is just kind of believing in diversity. Your hands is doing the work, right? And uh, it was always a struggle to make sure that we had people getting their hearts engaged. They would sometimes get their hands moving and doing stuff. They didn't always have their kind of hearts in it. That, to me, I think is one of the biggest change, and I think the change I'm seeing is I'm having a lot more kind of one-on-one real talks with leaders, very powerful leaders in organizations. And When you start to have those conversations, which I think are the ones we need to be having, when you start to have those type of conversations, I'm seeing a lot of people who are very dedicated. I'm seeing a lot of commitment. I'm seeing a lot of the, like I said, that hearts piece that I didn't see before. People are Delving in to try to learn different things, trying to
1: understand. You know, I'm just seeing. I I want to push back on that. Some that's cool. You can push back because because the public feels that that the particularly when we look at leaders in these corporations that they're being reactive as opposed to proactive. And you're saying that you're seeing them being a little bit more proactive. Well, proactive. I think it's more personal to
2: them now. It's more personal. So once a lot of leaders that I spoke to, when you know George Floyd was kind of a turning point in our history, and when they saw that that shot, that really shocked, me. and they didn't know what to do with that, and, and what happened was my phone started ringing off the hook, and I had leaders in organizations like you know, not only checking on me but asking questions of where do we go from here and what can I and that kept on going all the way to now. Okay. Leaders are still trying to find out what can I do, da, da, da. I don't think we're doing enough. What can we do to do that? So I, I think that the the shock of what took place with George Floyd has shocked people kind of at that heart level where they're like, I know now I have to do something. The question now is kind of how do we get those outcomes on the back? And that for me is a big step because it's it's at a level that some of the people I'm talking to are not people that most people would have a privy to talk to wow and and I think for me i, I one I see that as an opportunity, but two, I see that as an opportunity for all of us because there are probably people out there that, if we have a relationship with them, they probably want to have a conversation with somebody they're not sure who to do it with, and you know how are we ready to have that conversation as well yeah
1: and, and so when you talk about this whole issue of okay, now i'm ready to have the conversation, do you think that they're having the conversation with the right people because I guess they're having these conversations with you. And so, are they? How are they finding the people? What What do you see in, in that? Because it's difficult to be like, well, do I just call Reggie? Reg, Reggie's the black guy at my company. Let me just call him up and say, hey, hey, how, how Reggie, I'm having this problem. And 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 in some organizations, there's some black folks that feel like they're being pulled into diversity work, but yep. they're not diversity people.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think I think that the reason they're being pulled into diversity work is because they're real people. Sometimes that's the calling of why people are reaching out to you. But I I also think one of the things, you know, that I'm seeing is think about your real life. When you have something traumatic, you don't necessarily know who to reach to. That's right. You start you start looking around. (laughs) But what happened, you start looking around and you start realizing, man, I don't have anybody here that really knows about this. Who can I go to? Oh, wait, that diversity guy. Let me call him. I'm willing to take that call. I think that if we're willing inside organizations to be that person as well, people are going to tap our shoulders within our organizations as well as tapping the professionals. Because I think they're tapping the professionals now. Some of my worry, though, is are they getting what they really need? Is it is it taking them in a direction that may actually get us further away from where we're trying to go? Because I don't think I don't think we clearly have that defined, and that's one of the worries I have.
1: And so, so of course, you're a DEI professional, and your recommendation would be to, to reach out to a DEI prof- professional. But what do you see if any are the the pitfalls of just plucking someone from your organization? Um, when they, they they're, they're engineer, for instance, and you're like, hey, just kind of plucking them to try to to talk to them about some of these issues. Well, I think the,
2: the biggest thing is, are they ready to have the conversation? Because you're ready to have a conversation doesn't mean they are. You know what I mean? Oh, I love you know, that. George Floyd's uh, you know death hit us all in different ways. You know what I mean? So what happens is now some people are are you know, mad, some people are contemplating it. We're in a lot of different places. I think the key though is relationship. And it's it's always been. I've always been somebody within organizations. I'm always trying to build relationships. And and I think the only reason I'm getting the call, it's not because I'm a DI professional, very honestly. I think the reason why I sometimes get a call is because I'm real. And I'm not trying to kind of drill the other person. What I'm trying to do is see how we kind of move forward together. And I'm also I'm also willing to to disagree, but not be disagreeable. You know, and, and you know
1: I, I had to, no, to, that. That. to say something to that because that's that's our relationship. That exactly. you, you, You're talking about our relationship right here. Absolutely. Because we'll we'll talk. And I'm like, Gary, mm, I'm not mm. feeling that.
2: I don't tell just just happened the other day, man. Reggie doesn't know about pizza. He doesn't <laughs> know good pizza. I'm in New York. He's in Chicago right now. I got to bring a pizza back for him. So he knows what real pizza is. Reggie doesn't know about teams. He's a Bulls fan. I'm a Knicks fan. I, I don't know what's the matter with this guy. This Yankee
1: pro- fan, he's a Cubs fan. What in the world is the matter with this guy? Th- this is problematic, <laughs> Gary. Uh, just just so you know that the Bulls recently beat the Knicks. I just yeah, want to I mean, say that. And I Chicago know. does have the best pizza. But let's yeah. get back, <laughs> let, let, let's get back to this um to this thing of so you're seeing these, these executives ready to, ready to talk. It seems like you're telling me you see them actually going to find people to talk to. And then that kind of brings me to this whole issue of, are they taking more initiative? Because it seems like in, in past times, you'd have to run at them and say, look, this is the reason, this is why it's important. So do you, are you seeing more initiatives happening here? Are.
2: I mean, just in terms of what's happening in in uh, DNI. I mean, I could talk for us. We're we're just pegging the needle. We have a lot of people calling us right now, and you know, our reputation is kind of leading to that call. Um, but yeah, I think they're taking initiatives and they're also thinking things through. Uh, when we're sitting down with leaders, they're they're thinking about you know how do we get the organization maybe uh, more in tune but at the same time, not fracture the organization. And once again, that's one of the problems, not just diversity, but many conversations nowadays, it's really just kind of this, this way and that way on, on everything. You know what I mean? And, and I think that that's something we're going to have to yield in, or I'm sorry, we're going to have to repair in our society. You know, We have to be able to talk about things, be on opposite ends, but at the same time, there's a bigger goal that we're reaching for. That's what's holding us back right now. Just one
1: of the things, in my opinion. Yep. And, and and Gary, I, I want to step back for a second because I, I I always do really love to have you here. Is that this when we say diversity? You were talking about George Floyd. People always not always, but frequently try to say that it's just a a race thing. And Mm -hmm. so what are you seeing as as you're out in the market and talking about diversity and all the dimensions of diversity? Because I don't want that to get lost in our discussion.
0: Becoming Inclusive is presented by the Kaleidoscope Group, your full service diversity, equity, and inclusion partner serving clients worldwide. We can help you develop organizational change that actively engages everybody in your organization, turning resistance into energy and motivation for change. Let's talk about where you'd like to go and how to get there. Start with a visit to KGDiversity.com.
2: Yeah, I, I think um, a couple of things I'm seeing and, and maybe more positioning of how I see it as a person doing consulting. There's a lot of areas of diversity. We'll talk about primary, secondary. There's style dimensions, uh, there's work dimensions, right? There's a lot of dimensions of diversity. But you know, I I like to always relate things to life, right? If my if my knee has a problem, I'm not going to sit there and go to the gym and and do bench presses. I need to get therapy for my knee, and that's how I look at at sometimes dimensions of diversity. Sometimes we have to work on something get it in a better place and then once again look for how we can work for the collective and I think that sometimes you know there's some thought around oh why are we still talk well we're still talking about it because maybe we haven't done enough you know what I mean, and as we get better at that we're actually going to get better at other things uh, as
1: well so I, just I, I, be- I, I like I like this because uh, you know from a, from a we sports both- we both had knee operations. <laughs> That's right, right, right. right. I, I cannot be worrying about my shoulder Absolutely. at this time when I am having a knee operation and I need to rehab the knee. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, so you're saying, I want to make sure that I'm, that I'm translating this right. You're saying, you're not saying that the other stuff is not important. Absolutely not. Critical. You're Critical. saying, though, when you have an acute problem, You need to deal with that acute problem before you just can say, okay, we're just gonna take care of everything. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Because the acute problem, the acute problem is going to affect everything else moving
1: forward. And so that actually brings me to what are you not seeing? Because (coughs) when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, the biggest thing is at the end of the day, you saying you seeing these these executives really wanting to talk about it, really wanting to address it, taking in the initiative, but are they getting the outcomes that they're looking for? And before you answer that question, Gary, uh, you used to talk to me about strategy, is that you used to always say, Reggie, you can go off and do some stuff, but doing things is just doing things. Why are you doing those things? So are you seeing these executives just kind of doing stuff? Are you seeing them being more strategic? Are you seeing better outcomes? I just asked you 10 questions, so I'll just let you talk for an hour. (laughs) I'll talk for 10 minutes, but um, yeah, I think think it's not
2: so much. Once again, when people's hearts are in the right place, I don't fault them for what they're doing. Um, I think what happens though is that there are obviously some things that they can do are more strategic than others. What happens is, and we we kind of talk about it in terms of transactional and transformational. Okay. So when I think about, I have my own business as well. When I think about transactional, that's just getting something done that moves kind of this one transaction forward. Okay. When I think of transformational, I do something, and this can have like a lasting impact on the organization or it can keep on running without me doing anything. I think as human beings, I don't think it's just leaders. As human beings, we tend to be transactional. We have wow. to-do lists. We have to-do lists. We check this off, we check this off, we check this off. And what happens is we don't think transformational. And that's, that's one of the things that our, our CEO really pushes us to think about. We need to be a lot more transformational in the way we're thinking. Not just getting something done once, but how do we build a system so that long-term the organization can actually see results around this. And when that happens, then we can say, okay, we've done a better job at this per se. How do we now include other things
1: too? What else do we need to kind of focus on? So That, would so, me, I so, think is a big one. Yeah. So so my question would be uh, because people don't have a word transformational around all the time and and, and folks sit around sometime and, and, and scratch their head like, what do you mean transformational? So yeah. I'm going to put you on the spot on this one. What yeah. what what is transformational as it relates to equal pay for women? What do you see as transformational? Transformational as far as equal pay for women? OK,
2: this is right off the top of the top of my, my head. I always try to, one of the things about me in terms of like the way I, I operate, I always try to be practical and I think about when I used to be a manager, okay? So, let me give you an example kind of tying to where I am and hopefully this can get a sense. Um, let's say one of the things I saw, most of our higher paying jobs when I was a manager were in the salaried moving towards management ranks. I was in manufacturing. So when I took a look, I said, wow, I don't have any women. So therefore, I don't have women who are getting paid as much, right? That's your initial thing. So what what could I do? I could just try to pay them more, right? But is that going to fix the problem? The the money is in, in the management ranks. So I could give women overtime in the hourly ranks so they could make more money, but that's not actually fixing the problem. The problem is I'm not getting women into management ranks. Well, what I started doing is asking the women, I said, look, you know, you act as like part time, uh, or we used to call them almost like replacement leaders. If somebody was missing, somebody would step into the position for the day and then go back to their role. And I was like, wait, you know, you seem to do this often. You do well. How come you don't apply for the job? She said, well, some of the things that are there in terms of the requirements, I don't match. And I started looking at the requirements. And I'm like, We don't need all that for this position. One of the crazy ones that was on there is must lift 50 pounds. I looked at the guys who were working for me. I was like, man, some of them cats can't lift 20 pounds. Why we got that in there? But it was written years ago. We never updated it. We never looked at it. And therefore, it just stayed there. And there were things there that women could see. And they'd say, no, I'm not going to do that. Transformational is looking at your process or how you're promoting and how are people pipelining into management. And maybe there are some things that are invisible barriers that we need to pull out as opposed to just giving people more money, giving people uh you know more overtime. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it now, makes it makes sense. That, that makes opens fun. that opened the door for a lot of women. I didn't have to worry about one because a lot of women now started applying for jobs.
1: Next thing you know, we had more women in management. So that, that's a great, that's a great. I I knew you would give me a a good example because that. When we talk about transformational, people really do struggle with that, and I, I really like that because that that's something that would live live on and live forever. Let's talk about transformational for outcomes, though. The yeah. biggest thing that companies want at the end of the day, if they do all this stuff, if you spend oh. spending a lot of money in in the DE and I area, you don't want to just at the end of the day be able to say, "Hey, yeah, we we did some training, we did that." What, what does transformational look like with outcomes?
2: Well, I think if, if I can, before I talk about the outcomes, I'd like to talk to one, one of the things that's getting in the way. Because even in that example, what happens is as a leader, you got to be able to manage risk. So when that comes up, I had the guts to say, wait a minute, we got something wrong with, the, with our process. We need to change the process. And for me, I think that that's a that's a hard stumbling block because once you go start trying to change things, you start hearing things, and then you start saying, "Man, I don't know if I should do this. It will wow. get people upset." But 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 oh my gosh, what do I do? But the reality is that's what stops the outcomes because when those voices come up, I'm a leader. I'm here. I'm not here to be liked. You know, I'm here to do what's best for the organization. Sometimes I'm going to have to do things that people might not like, but it's for the good of the organization. And I tell you, what I usually find is when I did those things, after a while, they got used to it. All the noise was up front. After it's uh, happening for a while, people get used to it. It's just natural. And then what happens now is you'll see the outcomes on the back because you took kind of the risk to make the changes on the front that might have been uncomfortable, Doug, Doug, our CEO, one of the things he said to me years ago that really got my attention, he said, the only person who likes change is a wet baby. (laughs) It's true, though. Let me tell you, I don't care what change I made as a leader. Somebody always disliked. Always. And you just got to know that's just part of it. But I got to manage the risk because I got to do what's best for the organization. That's what gets you the outcome.
1: I I, I love that. So I'm going to end with this word because really what you kind of described to me is this issue of courage having the courage to, to confront risk.
2: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's not easy, Gary. No, it's, it's, it's not, uh, it's a hard thing to talk about because, um, you know, your upbringing produces different people. You know what I mean? So I, you know, I, I come from New York city, riding from Queens on a train at age 16 to go to Brooklyn and, oh my gosh, we got to pass that street and all that. After all that, man, everything is easy. <laughs> I'm, not really, I'm not really afraid of much. And I, and I think that I, I put that in perspective because even around courage, there can be sort of a privilege in terms of what you're used to, sports, athletics, military, things like that, which can give you sort of a, a privilege around courage because it's something that you've just been used to flexing that muscle. So, although that's, that's an element, I, I do realize that it, it looks different to different people. I think the thing is, is we have to think around outcomes. You know, what happens if I do it? And really what's important is what happens if I don't do it? Oh. I think many times that's the thing we're not thinking about. We're not thinking about what happens if I don't do it. We're actually hurting the company long term. And that's why we're getting those outcomes we're not looking for on the back.
1: So to to kind of wrap up here, Gary, first I love that. What happens if I don't do it? To -hmm. to, to wrap up is you are seeing a major shift. And you're you're optimistic because you're saying the heart is in a place that it hasn't been before.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: With with people of power
2: that I'm seeing, yes. I can't mention it, but I tell you, I'm I'm pretty impressed. Some of the people I'm talking to the level of power that they have and where their hearts are. And they're actually like asking me how to approach other people of power. That, that for me is very encouraging. That's very encouraging.
1: And, and, and the, 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 so the next frontier is we have the heart. And you started off with this, is that we need the hands.
2: Yeah, we need, to, we need to be strategic about what we're doing with our hands. And I think what happens is we have to be able to, you know, push and, and you, know, you know, realize risk is just a part of it you know i'll say one last thing i think we our world right now is pushing us uh, in a way if if you notice there's just always two two groups fighting about everything i don't care what the, the discussion is it's two groups fighting about everything and i think we have to we have to start practicing you know that it you know sometimes it's more effective it's it's more important to be effective than it is to be right you know what i mean Effective does, effective helps everybody, right? Just maybe helps me. Wow. And if we do that, what happens is we're never pushing towards the ultimate goal. I think all of us are looking for is really unity. Doug talks to us about that all the time, but you can't get to unity. If you're spending all your time thinking of kind of yourself, you have to be thinking about things that are bigger than you. And for me, that's what leadership was always about. I loved, I love the things that I achieved, but I loved even more the things that, you know, uh, the people working with me achieved and what we're able to do together. I think that's, that's the legacy we're all trying to build. I think we're just, we're getting a little
1: confused just with all the noise, that's all. Wow, well, what you were just talking, for me is not noise. I think you helped us achieve uh, a real good conversation, a real conversation as usual. That's Gary Alvarenga. He is Senior Director of the Kaleidoscope Group. Gary, I want to say thank you again. And this is Becoming Inclusive. Thanks, Gary. Thanks a lot, Reg. Good seeing you.
0: Thanks for joining us and a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Becoming Inclusive is presented by the Kaleidoscope Group, your full-service diversity, equity, and inclusion partner serving clients worldwide. Learn more and continue the conversation at kgdiversity.com.